Connections are really powerful. And even more so, we take the time to be together in real life. That's why startups have adopted promoting their own events as a brand and sales strategy. We're no exception. I started promoting events at Viveral, and now we're taking that strategy to the next level at Latitude. Our big thing is going to be the Valmos Latam Summit. We're gathering the top startup founders and investors in the region so they can learn and build relationships. 4,000 people will be at VLS on September 28th and 29th in Sao Paulo. And you can win your ticket and even bring some of your friends at a discounted price. We're doing an exclusive raffle for our podcast listeners. Click on the link in the description and learn how to join the raffle. Now, we don't want to stop there. Founders have been sending us a ton of questions about how they can make memorable events and leverage brand and sales with this strategy. So Mariana Fonseca, who is the Latitude's content lead, her and I gathered these questions and decided to have an episode about this topic. We covered why adopt the event strategy if you're thinking of strengthening your brand and sales, how you can build events even on a tight budget, the top metric you should keep an eye on, and how to produce results after your startup's event. My name is Brian Reckworth, and this is Latitude Podcast. Vamos Latam. And see you at the Vamos Latam Summit. All right, well, this is going to be a fun episode. Today, we have the woman behind the podcast on the podcast, which is Mariana Fonseca. She's a journalist. I met her you know, many years ago when she was covering tech and startups, and we enjoyed working with her so much that we decided to hire her. And so she's been on the team for a while, and she's taken over the podcast. She's been helping us with this. So a lot of the prep work that goes in, research on guests, she does. And we brought her on today, and she is going to turn the tables on me. She's going to ask me some questions. In leading up to our big Vamos Latam Summit, I was reflecting recently as a founder reached out and thought about doing an industry event for their business. And there's been a handful of other founders that have had similar ideas, whether that's real estate, insurance, finance. We're going to talk about events in general and something I'm a huge fan of. I think it's a really important strategy and it's a core part of Latitude strategy. Great, Ryan. And you're the guest today, so I should be the one saying to you, and I've always wanted to say this, thank you for your time and it's great to have you on the pod. Yeah, nice. This is fun. We're switching roles here and it's great to have you as well. So excited to talk events with you. We've got, I guess we've got less than two months to VLS. So there's a, a flurry of activity here, lining up amazing speakers. A lot goes into an event. Let's talk a little bit about events today. What's a good starting point? Well, in these types of episodes, I always like to start with the why. You know, I think listeners are probably wondering, why should I keep listening to the podcast? So my first question to you would be, why is this event strategy so important for startups? Why have you done this back in Viva Real? Why are you doing this now at Latitude? I can tell a little bit of the history of how this all happened. It was quite serendipitous and it was very organic in how it happened. So I'll tell a little bit of the story. But, but I think the high level thought here is in real life is really powerful. Connections are very powerful. There's something about being together with people where you build relationships and relationships are the fundamental kind of the bedrock of building businesses. And so it's something that we kind of leverage by accident in, in the case of Viva Real. For those, those that don't know, the original event that we started, which was really 13, 14 years ago, it started because there was a necessity to actually pay someone who we were hiring as a consultant. And we flew this person out and I've talked about him on the podcast before he came on. His name is Simon Baker. 
And he had this incredible experience of leading and building a prop tech business, which we wanted to become similar to the business that they built. And so I thought, what better way to bring him down and kind of help us and advise us. And so I did that. But at the time, like many startups, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling resource constrained, that is the definition of how I was feeling at the time. What I did was, along with my co-founders, we ended up just kind of making a move and bringing him on without having a lot of resources to pay him. And we saw an opportunity to leverage a great speaker that was an expert on a topic in real estate. And we organized an event around this individual. And that was really the seed that sparked a ton of events. We ended up going on to do a hundred plus events all over Brazil. And I'll talk a little bit more about what was effective in that strategy. But this first event, which really planted the seed, and I think is really the, the, the seed that they grew into a big real estate event and now into VLS, it started with just basically a gathering of about a hundred professionals. We hired Simon. He ended up confirming he would come. I think his fees, his, his consulting fee was $5,000 or something like that. And so we looked at each other as founders and said, how are we going to pay this? We don't have a lot of cash. And so we had the idea of let's organize an event and we'll charge for the event. We'll invite the industry folks that we want to reach in real estate. He has this expertise. And we basically put him in front of this audience because he had a lot of knowledge to share. We were able to sell 100 tickets to the event. We even got in, in one, during one week, we got two sponsors to pay for the event. And so it really solidified our, one of our parts of a really core part of our strategy at Viveral because the event was great. People loved it. And more importantly, we actually converted about 30 or 40 customers into paying clients post event. So we broke even on the event. We were able to pay his speaking fees. And then we signed up a bunch of customers. And so not only was it a, an impact on our brand and helped us build a brand, but we actually converted customers from it. So we can talk today a little bit more about the event strategy and why I think it's useful and how to run an effective event. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the backstory to what led us to build something like Vamos Latam Summit. We received some questions from founders and one of them was, should I consider an event an expense for my startup, a strategy to attract leads, or should I consider it like a generator of revenue? So which path do you think founders should take more to the expense side or more to the revenue side? For me, or an event can be both. It can be both. But if for me, it should be very highly prioritized that there is a clear ROI on the event that's measurable. And so you need to have a clear metric going in. In our case, back at Viva, we had a very clear idea that every customer we brought on, if we converted them to paying customers, they would essentially pay us a couple hundred dollars a month. And the LTV was multi-year LTV. So we're, we're talking about a four or $5,000 minimum value from the, from every converted customer. And so the ROI was very clear. And in that event, that first event, it was obvious that we saw this as an opportunity to, and even better if we could break even on the event, because then if you want to get greedy, you can even try to make money on the event. At Vamos Latam Summit, we are looking at the second year, and I'll be very candid with some of the numbers. 
this is going to cost us almost a million dollars. It's a million dollar investment. And we're hoping to recover our money at the very least. So it, in the long term, it may become a profit center. But in the very short term, we're not trying to maximize the profit from ticket sales where it's more sponsor driven because we want every founder that's credible and building a great business in, in Brazil and Latin America to be there. And so we want to make it affordable and we want to make it a, a must attend event. So that's kind of the main objective, but we want to cover our costs for the event. So I think that, and I can talk a little bit more about what are the, some of the things that we are trying to accomplish with this event. Our business is a bit strange because we have tech products and then we also have a venture fund. And so there's, and then we have a community. And so there's multiple reasons and touch points why we want to have this event, but you should have a clear KPI that is measurable. And then you should run after that KPI. And as a side part of the, the benefits, kind of the collateral benefits are to build a, a great brand and a great experience where you have credibility in your industry. That is something that, you know, is harder to measure, but you'll see it as time goes, if you're, if you're building a really high quality event. Great. I think we've covered the why, and I think we can get into the how to actually make an event like this happen. I think how to make an event that's memorable. That's my question. And I think many other startup founders can be inspired by that as well. I'm going to first actually talk about the Viva example, because I think it's really relevant as a stepping stone into something bigger. So what we started out doing and what I would advise, if you're in an industry and let's say you're in the medical field or you're in so your health tech or you're building the next e-commerce business, there's a handful of examples where there's been successful businesses that build this event strategy. She's paying in investimentos in, in the south of Brazil is a, a prime example. We started our events right around that. Uh, they built an incredible event for investment professionals that grew and became quite a, a kind of a staple in the investment world. And there's VTEX Day also. There's RD is another example. So like, first of all, there's now how do these events initially start? Our event, we ended up building an event called Connected Mobi, which was started first inspired in that one little day where we had 100 people gathered at a hotel in Jardines in the rent Hotel Renaissance back in 2010, I think it was, 2000, maybe 11. And it all started with just that tiny little event. So my advice is, first of all, start small with something. You can gather 50, 25, 50, 100 people and you can find a venue. Oftentimes there's an opportunity to leverage an existing venue. There's plenty of places like different, whether in different cities in Latin America, there's a sometimes a WeWork or some type of a larger facility that's a co-working space. They often have spaces designed for this, for smaller events. And they want to attract people because they want people to become customers of their, of their office space. And sometimes you can find a partner that will host it. And so keeping your costs down and just basically the, the things that you want to focus on are one, what is your hook to get them there? I had a conversation this morning with a founder. There's a company in Colombia called Aptuno. And I talked to the, the CEO this morning. I'm an investor. And you know they asked, we want to start this event strategy. What is the best way to kind of initially start? And in, in my view, the advice that I gave them was pick a very poignant topic that will attract your market 
first of all, have clarity in what, why you're doing the event. Is In their case, they wanted to expand their broker partner network. And so they want to attract top agents and brokers to this event so they could have their ear. So you need to build a value for that audience, right? And so in this case, AI is all the rage. There's clearly a big disconnect between what an average real estate agent does on a daily basis and how AI is probably going to change their industry. So if you kind of become a thought leader in these topics, and you can either bring someone that's a thought leader, if you're not the thought leader, at Viveral in the very early days, we were the main speakers at our events, and we had some an interesting insight. You don't have to be the deepest expert. You just need to be two steps ahead of your, your, your partners or your customers, right? If you can lead them a little bit and, and know a little bit more than them and kind of give them an idea of what's coming and what the future is, but it's really about being a thought leader there. And so in this case, my advice was find an AI expert, help identify and make sure that speaks, that they speak the language of your customer and talk to them about what the future, how is AI going to affect the real estate industry? And, and that is a way for you to kind of assert your leadership in, in a market. It's something that will attract people to come to it because everyone's curious about how that's going to affect their industry. And then you maybe layer in one or one or two other panels and you, you've got two or three hours. So you start with something simple. And then always, my advice is always throw in some alcohol in there because frankly, you want people to socialize. You want them to have a good time. You want them to have a good impression. And it's an opportunity for you to socialize with them post the, the content. So you're creating value for them by having a topic that they care about. And you're able to share with them kind of where the, where the trends are. And then, you know, you're able to build your credibility and then you can soft sell what you're doing. But it would be very annoying if we invited everybody and the entire time we're talking about ourselves. So you will hear some content that is sponsored content by Latitude at VLS. But we also have Apollo Veras, the first unicorn founder, who's going to be on stage. Sergio from Creditas. We've got Mercedes from Lightspeed, one of the most reputable global fintech investors. So we're going to try to provide resources and inspiration for founders. And that's something that I think will bring people together. But one of the most valuable things at an event like this, it's not only about the content. You need to make sure you have a huge percentage of the time dedicated for people to connect. Because when you go to an event like this, you can think about it like a marketplace. Everyone has something to offer. Everyone has something to learn. And you want to be the platform and provide the venue for all of those exchanges to happen. And if someone meets their co-founder at the event, you know, at Vamos Latam Summit, that benefits Latitude because we are the organizers of the event. They're always going to remember where they met them. And so, you know, if someone closes a deal or if someone makes a hire because they invited them and they saw the booth and they got excited about the business that you're building, these are all things that you become a centerpiece to the activity of your industry. And I think that's a huge value add for your business. The question that most founders sent us was exactly what you're reflecting. That is, how do I make an event that is really unique and memorable for people? Because everybody's overbooked. That's the thing. And they don't want to make another startup event that won't produce any results. And people will leave the event thinking, oh, it was another event I went to. To summarize for founders so that we are very clear, what you're saying is to make an event that's really remarkable, you need to have a good hook, good content, good experts, 
but not only that, also provide an opportunity for them to connect. That's a good summary. We, we like to talk at Latitude about manufacturing serendipity, right? That's kind of one of the key kind of components of how we think about our industry and our business. And that's definitely getting people, like-minded people in the room together and giving, providing opportunity for them to connect with each other is, is I would say, potentially even more important, but it's, it's absolutely fundamental to have a successful event. But I think you, I think you summed it up. It's a good hook and a good reason to go incredible content and incredible experience. And on the first go at it, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to spend a million dollars like we are at, at VLS. You can keep your budget down to a minimum. We, given we had some experience, the first edition of VLS, it, it was a pretty big investment. There was 13, 1400 people there. I think the budget for that was about a quarter million dollars for our last event. So we're kind of trying to forex it in attendees, in sponsors, in, in, in all aspects. We'll probably test this and see how it is. And we want the, the highest quality people there. And so it might not make sense to go any bigger than that. But I think that you've, yeah, you've got to have those clear objectives. And I think you summarized it quite well. And even before that hook, one question we also got a lot from founders was how to get the right people into the event. How do you go to selecting the right people, having some selections to maybe deny some people? How should founders go about that when creating their own event? I think that there's different types of events, right? We're talking about more of a mega event at, at VLS, but I think on the tactical side for those founders that are considering, if you're in the insurance industry and you want to build an event for insurance, and there's a founder that I spoke with, I don't know, six, nine months ago about, about this, and they were toying with the idea, you probably want to start with something small and intimate and a bit exclusive in the beginning. You want to get a few really key people People that will attract other people, right? And so that is something that it's a little bit of scarcity in the beginning. You get high, some high, a few high profiles people to attend, ideally one or two great speakers to attend. And then it feels like it's this kind of more intimate setting and it's a little bit more kind of the way things are started. You know, they start with this small seed. It's kind of like a bit like, and this is going to sound kind of lame, but like, a little bit of like the exclusivity club, like how do I get in and, and leveraging that because people are going to, they're going to see, oh, you're part of this little, this little group. And, and then it's like, how do I get in? And so I think that starting something from a little bit smaller perspective is a good way to kind of, you know, plant the initial seeds. I think it obviously depends on the industry. That tends to be an effective strategy to at least get a little bit momentum and it's the benefit of managing something easier, right? If you're doing an event for a thousand people out of the gates, we had a lot of experience. So we were able to do that. Diego, who was a part of Viveral and he helped with the event strategy. We ended up uh, hiring Adriana and Giovanna, who are on our events team. And Dri had a, had a company before called Bold, Eventos Bold. And she was organizing events for other VCs and she worked at Endeavor for five years. So. We had a little bit more of like throughput and bandwidth to be able to just scale up an event from zero to a thousand and some change. But you don't need to do that in the beginning. I think all these events that we did at Vivoral, they were usually 100, 200, 300 people max. And we would go city by city. We would bring together all the real estate brokers. We would bring a couple of great speakers and we would be the speaker because we had a lot of interesting content that we created. And it was probably. 
80% value creation through education and trends, you know, it was about what are the, the trends in, in real estate marketing and tech. And we would share that experience so that we generate value for the attendee. And then we would kind of soft sell our products in there because we also had products that were super useful for them. But if you come out of the gates and you're very salesy with what you're doing, you're, you're basically going to turn the audience off. And so I think starting off with something more intimate, more controlled environment, you have the benefit of the cost is lower because it's less people and it's more easy on the logistics piece. And so that would be something that I think would be a good starting point. So thinking of that small startup founder that's just starting out with events, very small niche event, 100, 200 people, how should we go about which people am I going to invite to the event in a very practical sense? Yeah, I think that the first thing you do is you want to try to identify who the potential anchors for the event, who is the headliner, whether that's a speaker or just getting someone that's highly respected in the industry that's attending. That is something that tends to attract other people. And there's a question of like whether you should charge for these events or not. And I think that depends also on your industry. It depends on your financial situation. At Viva Rao, the first event we did, we, we, we charged for it because we had no money. And so we couldn't afford to pay for it, which again, scarcity breeds incredible creativity, right? We had no money, so we had to get creative. And, and that's something that as we kind of ended up scaling the events, we ended up not charging for, the, for it because we wanted to ensure that we had the highest caliber people there. And so at, at Latitude, we will target a handful of like of the top. Sergio from Crejitas is not paying to go to the event. He's going to be on the stage and speaking because people want to hear what he has to say. But by bringing Sergio and bringing hopefully a handful of other top founders that have had huge success stories, it attracts the other founders that want to also kind of be in their shoes. And so I think whether there's... If you think about your industry, let's say that B2B events is a little bit easier than business to consumer events. But if you're looking at B2B events and you're looking at a key player in your industry, if there's someone that everyone deeply respects that has kind of a reputation as being innovative, just make sure you go out of your way to get them there because the other potential customers or industry folks in that sector they will likely follow suit because they look up to that larger, more successful company. So I would say that you've got to figure out who your anchor people. And at the first version of Vamos Latam Summit, we were very lucky that Gina went to high school with Michael Krieger, Mike Krieger, who's the founder of, of Instagram. And so we were able to announce that he would be joining us. And that obviously creates credibility for the event. And if you don't know the founder of Instagram, that's okay. At Viva Real, we ended up bringing a guy, you know, I mentioned Simon Baker. He was not well-known in, in Brazil. He wasn't someone that anyone would ever know. But he had international experience, and he'd been part of building a very large tech company in the space. He had some credibility attached to his name because he built a large company in the sector. And so you've got to get creative, and you've got to identify ways of things that will be create a magnet for people and that will track them to what you're, what you're organizing. And going back to the talk we had before about strategy, you mentioned about the wise, you mentioned both benefits to the brand and also benefits to attracting leads. 
And one of the questions we received a lot from founders was, what objectives should I have with my event? Should it be a long-term objective of solidifying the startup's brand? Or should I go short-term and think about capturing leads and generating more sales down the road? Which road do you think founders should take when thinking about these events? I think that founders, depending on the state of their business, my assumption is that they are, if they're early stage companies, they live and die by the customer growth. And so branding is great, but branding doesn't let you eat. You got to get customers in the door. And so I think that if I were, when I look at the success of the Vamos Latam Summit, of course, we want people to have a great experience and we measure NPS. I think we had a fairly good NPS last time. We'll target a, a 75, 80 NPS for this event. So we want people to have an incredible impression, which is a good, strong kind of indicator of like brand and, and engagement and experience. But we have a handful of product launches we're going to be doing at the event. We're going to be releasing some really key products for startups. And that will be the measure of success of the event. If we launch an amazing event and everyone loves us in the startup ecosystem, and we are unable to onboard customers, that would be considered a failure in my mind. And so I think that it's not just about top of the funnel. It's, it's, you, need, you need to focus on conversions when you're at events. The other day I had a phone call. Sam Blonde, I think is his name. He's a partner at Founders Fund. And he was the chief revenue officer for Brex. He has a great thread, which we should drop into the show notes of this. And it talks about how to leverage events for your business. It's a masterpiece. It's an maybe eight or 10 tweet thread. And it really, and I read it and I was like, wow, this is really sharp and really good. And I, when we led up to, to this next VLS, I sent him a message and I'm like, Sam, we don't know each other. I think I got an intro from uh, Matias, who was a speaker at Founder, from Founders Fund in our last event, Van Thien. And he connected me with Sam and we spent 45 minutes and I had just pages of notes. And he emphasized something so clearly. If you're participating in an event at Brex, they attended a handful of events. It was all about conversions. It's not about marketing qualified leads or sales qualified leads. How do you set yourself up for success to convert the people that attend the event into to paying customers? And so I think this is something for, we're lucky that we've got about 45 sponsors already signed up. And my advice to them, or my advice to anyone listening that's thinking about attending an event to promote your brand is, it's not about just top of the funnel. You've got to focus and orient, you know, and th this is where sales and marketing sometimes has some friction because you might find a friction from marketing. It's just like, no, let's just get a bunch of leads and we'll give out an Oculus headset for, for whatever, unless it's a converted customer, you should be very kind of particular about how you reward people because we've all been to an event before and there may be a crowd around a certain booth, you know, that's giving away a laptop, but like, that's not, that's no indication that they're going to be a customer. And so, so there's two types of events we're talking about. I got, you know, that's why I kind of divided the Viva Real hundred person event and then the, the 4,000 person event. And so we're talking about events in general. If you're organizing an event that's small and then you're attending a larger event, there's definitely different strategies that you want to deploy. 
Yeah, I was actually going to ask you what kind of metrics founders should have in mind to know if their event a success or not. So probably first metric they should look at is conversion and also compare that to CAC and possibly LTV as well, right? 100%. Yeah, I mean, th this should be one of those channels that should be able to stack up against any other performance marketing metric. And so you're, you're going to want to, these smaller events, the good thing is that they're much less expensive to, to execute, right? And you need to go into that identifying what, what it is success. If you understand the value of the customer you're bringing in, what is that worth to your business? You know, you can calculate that. So I think that you, you nailed it. Founders need to obsess about that and they need to make sure that their ROI on the investing of the event. And uh, you need to make sure that one thing that's challenging is kind of the attribution piece, right? Because maybe they came through a different channel, but events are great places to also culminate incubated leads also, because it's hard when you're in this kind of remote environment and you're doing a Zoom presentation. And when, you're, when you've got someone physically there, It's, it's something that is the conversion rate is typically higher when you're in the flesh with someone. And so, yes, be super analytical about the cost piece and what is it resulting for your business. And since we're talking about ROI, I wanted to also ask you, that's a question we get a lot. And I think it's the billion dollar question, which is which design pieces at the event can bring the most ROI and some examples, expert panels, booths. I think that varies between industry and between types of events, but what do you think are some pieces that can bring the most ROI to startup founders when they are making an event? Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that we're going to do at VLS, like one idea that we're toying with right now, and hopefully we can pull this off. So no promises for the listeners. But when I was talking to Sam over, over at Founders Fund, one of the things that he mentioned was He'd attended an event, Sastra, which is uh, the largest industry event for, for software as a service businesses. And they have a Meta VC program. So one thing that we're, we're toying with is being super systematic about trying to connect founders to VCs. So if you're listening to this and you're a founder and you're planning on raising money, you have to be at our event because that's where all the investors are going to be. And by the way, if you're a VC listening to this, We are systematically going to be sourcing the best, most up, up and coming founders that are at early stages of their business so that you can identify where are the best opportunities. So we look at ourselves more as a marketplace. So that's one way of generating value for the attendees on top of the content. Obviously, we want people to walk away feeling inspired, feeling like they're, they've learned something tactical that they can apply in their business. So I think those are some of the, the dynamics that will make a successful event. And that's how we're kind of sizing this event is how do we go there and just make it kind of a must attend event. Also going back to the conversion piece, we received another question and that would be how to follow up with leads after an event. How should founders go about that? They attend the event to get their contact. How should you follow up the best way so that you can have a conversion actually? Mariana, this is uh, something that I think all founders really need to obsess about. There's kind of the feeling sometimes when you're at an event or you host an event and you're like, we did it. The real work starts post event too, because you're going to have a funnel that is created. It's warmed up and speed of action. Ideally, if you're attending an event like VLS and you're a sponsor, you know, you convert at the event, but you're not going to be able to convert everybody at the event. 
So again, we're talking about a couple different strategies here. But if you are hosting a more intimate event, obviously the follow-up will be much easier because you're able to have a deeper connection at the event with, if you're meeting with 30 or 40 folks, chances are you're going to be able to make contact with a good portion of them if you're, if you're doing something social on top of a, uh, a panel of some sort. So that's, but that, that follow-up, because what happens is typically people walk away from an event and they feel really excited, inspired, but then they get back into their routine and they get back into their kind of day-to-day grind. And it's something that becomes not top of mind. So you need to, just like any lead that would come through the internet, I remember at Vivaral, in the very early days of Vivaral, we would generate leads from real estate agents and brokers that were looking to advertise on our site. And I think that at one point, our turnaround time in, in following up with the leads was like 24 hours. And I remember talking to Lucas, who at the time was the VP of sales. and. I said to him, we need to have a a response time of under seven minutes. Like that's, we cannot wait more than seven minutes. That was the the lucky number. And uh, obviously that massively increased the conversion. And so similarly, you need to have very, very speedy, aggressive follow-up post-event if you're unable to convert them in that kind of setting. Before the event, they need to define exactly what time of response they will have so they can get their momentum and actually have an ROI over the event that they created, right? Yeah, and provide some kind of incentives for people to sign up there at the event. Now we're talking about, again, two different types of events. If you're doing an intimate gathering and it's like a dinner, that's not appropriate. You need, that's more of, that, that could be more of a bit more of a relationship piece. And also it depends on your sales cycle, right? If, you're, if your typical sales cycle is four months, maybe around the event you're doing a dinner or something and you're building a relationship. But if your product is, is, is not as complex, if it's straight to consumers, it might be like a quick sign up. Or if it's a S selling to SMBs, maybe it's a faster sales cycle. And so it obviously depends. But if you are attending an event in the sponsor format of a larger event, you need to have some kind of incentive. Maybe for anyone that, you know, converts at the, at the event or leading up to the event, you're able to kind of you know, give them some additional benefit that makes it worth their while. But in that small kind of setting, it's maybe a bit of a different outcome that you're going to have because it's not the same as a large scale event where you're a sponsor. Great, Brian. So to end this off, I wanted you to take a trip down memory lane, thinking about all the crazy things that happen when you had events at Viva, now that you have events at Latitude, and talk directly to the startup founders that are listening and share the one advice on how they can make a great event for their startups, strengthen their brand, attract more leads. What is the one piece of advice you would share with them based on your history with startup events? Look, I think at the end of the day, we talk a lot about community at Latitude. We start as a community. That's, that's our, the roots of everything. Kind of sp- Everything is sprouted and sprawled from this deep roots of community. And community is about really understanding what people value, and then trying to facilitate that and try to make that happen, try to close information gaps, try to connect people with resources and opportunities and and meet people that can add value to their experience and their business that they're building. So in our case, I think that one reflection I have is that one, if you're in an industry and there isn't like a sector event, I think it's an amazing opportunity to be that event. 
I think that there should be an event for every single major sector of the economy. So if you're listening and you're in pet space, I mean, and maybe there is an event, but if you, if you think of something and doing something different from scratch from the very beginning and creating kind of a movement of people gathering together, I think there's an opportunity and a lot of blue ocean in terms of events. And remember, the idea here is you bring people together. So you kind of build the community and then you listen to the community and then you try to solve problems for the community. And so it is an incredible platform for you to have your ear to the ground. You're, you're, we always talk about the necessity around listening to your customers. What better way to listen to your customers by adding value to them, you know, by bringing in great experts on different topics and helping them with different ideas to make their business more efficient. And at the same time, you have this opportunity to engage with them in this platform where you're able to find out how you can serve them better, find out what, you know, what potential products you can build. And so I think that this is something that can be an incredible mechanism to solidify your position in the market, put you kind of at the, the top and build credibility for your business. And remember, by doing that, you also be, need to be metrics driven and make sure that you have ROI on it and that you're able to bring in customers and then serve those customers in that way. So that's my kind of, I'd say my closing remarks on it. I'm obviously a big fan of, of this as a strategy. And I put my money where my mouth is, right? We're, we're sinking some money into this because we see the massive benefits that it provides our community. I met some of the, the best people. I've met customers. I've met partners. I've met, I've, I've met recruits, people that join the team. And so it's uh, in this kind of, in this environment, I think it's great to get out of the, you know, the building, make moves and, and be part of it. So we're excited about the VLS movement. It's going to be an incredible event, phenomenal speakers. And basically, if you're in the tech ecosystem, you're going to want to be there. That's great advice. And I think listening to our customers is something we've always done here at Latitude. And doing that at our event at Vamos Latin Summit is only a reflection of that. So yeah, Brian, again, thank you so much. And I think the next time we'll be seeing each other and probably seeing a lot of the listeners as well is during Vamos Latin Summit. So we're, yeah. we're, we're literally less than two months away and it's going to happen, you know, right around the corner, right? We're going to close our eyes and it's going to be there. So we hope to see you there, uh, anyone listening. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to Latitude Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast for more talks with great founders and investors. I'm your host, Brian Reckworth. Vamos Latam. See you next week.